The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Touchdown turnover back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates and better service. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Our two is already here. And um, we were talking a little bit during the break about football being over in two weeks. Super Bowl. But you do get football in 74 days with the USFL because they're back. They're back with eight teams. And you have the Michigan Panthers. You have the New Jersey Generals. The Philadelphia Stars. I feel like that's a hockey team. Um, Dallas Stars. You have the Pittsburgh Maulers. Tampa Bay Bandits. New Orleans Breakers. Houston Gamblers. And Birmingham Stallions. I told Ben, I was like, man, there's no way I'm rooting for an Alabama team. A professional team from Alabama. Not going to happen. Stallions? What I say? Yeah, Stallions. Stallions. Calling themselves the Stallions? Stallions, I guess. Isn't a stallion a horse? Yes, yes, stallion. And I've never seen a horse in Birmingham. Have you? No. No, 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 no. I mean, what, I mean, what else Birmingham is going to be known for? What are they? The, I guess the Iron City. Yeah. Or the what are they called? The Magic City. No, that's 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 that's, that's not the Magic City. They're, they 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 call themselves something like it's, the Magic City. It's the Iron City. They have well, there's this new nickname that starts with an M. I'm pretty sure they call themselves the Magic City. Is it? That I I, I've I heard, thought about something else when you said Magic City. So my bad. Well, I, I that Magic City is much better than the the Birmingham Magic City. Where's Vaughn Birmingham? Yeah, the Magic City. The, the Magic city's city? most recognized nickname refers to its rapid growth first used by James Powell in 1973. And then the, the Steel City, which it can't be the Steel City. That's Pittsburgh. Well, Birmingham and Pittsburgh, out of all the cities in the in the country, were like headlined as, as being like known for steel. You know, the steel production and steel work. I know you you Google Birmingham nicknames, and the third one is the Pittsburgh of the South. Oh, oh what have I done? You're okay, man. You're all right. All right, touchdown turnover. The USFL will make it. And we've seen the AAFL. We've seen all kinds of different leagues be, be introduced and released. Now this one has a little bit of a different feel to it. We, we, I mean, this was, this is back in the day right here. This is when, um, you know, Steve Youngs of the world got his got his debut uh, in the USFL. Herschel Walker was in there. Um, I think he was Herschel Walker. But the USFL is is back. Do they last more than a season? Touchdown. Or turnover. It looks like they have some backing from Fox Sports that may make a difference. I mean, I didn't think the big three with Ice Cube would last more than one season, but, you know, here they are. 
I think there's a need for a feeder football program. Can't just be the CFL with the, all these different rules that they have. There should be a, a developmental league, a um, like we see with the NBA. It should be. Can can it happen when you have eleven guys on offense, eleven guys on defense, and a roster of fifty, and you have eight teams? I mean, that's that's a lot of people you have to pay. Can they survive? Touchdown turnover. We will see the USFL more than one season. One season. More than one season. I'll say touchdown. I think more than one season. I mean, I don't I I would be surprised if it's a a thing a decade from now. You watching? Will I watch it? You watching? You gonna watch. It's okay. I will only watch if there's nothing else on TV. I I would rather me personally, and I know this is strictly me personally. I would rather watch SEC baseball. I would rather watch Major League Baseball and my Yankees. I would, I would rather watch golf, depending on the tournament. It, it just depends on on what else is going on that weekend. It, I mean, if it's the only thing on, then then I'll watch it because, un, unfortunately, all I do is watch sports. I'm I'm always watching something. <laughs> doesn't really matter to the sport whatever's on it's it's typically at minimum on a second tv so i'm i mean i'm i'm sure i'll vaguely pay attention to it but it's not gonna surpass baseball for me or, or even golf I, I enjoy watching those two things more than i will enjoy watching this football league and, and who knows maybe circumstances change maybe one team adds a, a bunch of VFLs. Hey, hey, hey. And, and that changes my outlook on it. Hey, Larry Fisher, man. You got, not Larry Fisher. You got uh, Jeff Fisher coaching the, the Michigan team. And then Larry Fedor is uh, is coaching the uh, New Orleans team. So you get, <laughs> you got, you got a former college coach in North Carolina and uh, Southern Miss. Larry Fedor was. And then you have, you got Jeff Fisher, who has been trying to get every head coaching job since the last three or four years. It seems like he tried to get the ETSU job, tried to get the Tennessee job. He got himself a job. He got himself a job. Congrats to Michigan on going five hundred in the first year. I don't know. Just right now, it's not going to move the needle with me a ton. I mean, I, I'm I will somewhat pay attention to it because I, all I do is watch sports and read about sports. And pay attention to sports to a fault, but uh, it's, it's not going to – I'm not going to plan my day around it. I can tell you that. Season will begin April the 16th and run through mid-June, followed by the playoffs. The first game will feature the Generals against the Stallions. See, the Birmingham team. And will kick off at 7.30 p.m. Saturday, April the 16th. The game will air on both Fox and NBC, making it the first – scheduled sporting event to air on competing broadcast networks since the Super Bowl 1967. How about that? Man? Be a part of history. Ben, be a part of history. Will you watch? Uh, yeah, I watched a little bit. We'll see We'll see how um, they will hold my attention. I think with VFLs, it will hold my attention um, just fine. But all eight teams will play – in Birmingham, Alabama, Ugh. 
at both Protective Stadium and Legion Field. So all the games we played in Birmingham. So all these dudes that want to play football past college, looking for an opportunity to play at the next level, the NFL, you got to live in Birmingham. So, like, the, the team from Michigan is playing in Birmingham? Dude. All eight teams we played Why? in Birmingham, Alabama. Because those other teams don't have places to play? Oh. What What's the point of having teams from Pittsburgh and Michigan and all the other places if they're all just going to play in Birmingham? Hey, man. Are they going to play at the Hoover Met? Mm. They've got a new, in, new indoor facility over there. They're going to play there? Skip Hopes will be the coach of the Birmingham Stallions. Kirby Wilson, Mike Riley, Todd Haley. How about Todd Haley? You remember Todd that Haley? That team's going to lose miserably. It's your former offense coordinator. Kevin Sumlin is coaching a team. Kevin Sumlin, Todd Haley, and Jeff Fisher. Yep, and, and Bart Andrus. Who? Coaching, huh? Bart. Who? Bart. Not Bart Simpson, but Bart. Who is he? Uh, Am I, I supposed to know who he is? I don't know. That's what's going on, man, a couple months. So, football will be over as far as NFL in two weeks, but then we get we get more football. When was this? When is this being played? Um, April. Oh, yeah. See, I won't be watching. Mid-April. Because Ja will be leading the Grizzlies to its first ever NBA championship, so definitely will not be paying attention at that point. Right. 865-255-03. You think it survives more than a year? No. I mean, I'll give them like two, three years. No. Out of being nice, I guess. They won't. Oh, they won't. John K. says Michigan will go 8-8 eight and eight with Jeff Fisher, even <laughs> if they don't play 16 games. Pizza Mon says, y'all not rooting for Jeff Fisher? Yeah, man, I'll root for Jeff Fisher. I'll root for him to be successful. Not rooting against him. Yeah. Jamie G says, I feel like deja vu. I'm watching Pruitt's offense his last year when I watched Tennessee basketball team on offense. I mean, I don't I don't have that feeling. I do. I, I have a feeling of uh, I mean because the games are different. I mean it's not like these dudes are sleepwalking and uninspired. Coaching is terrible. I mean, it's, the quarterback play is terrible. You got you got to play one guy even when he's terrible. I don't feel that way at all. Watching our offense, it's just, I mean, you didn't make you didn't make shots. I mean, we sit there, we sit here watching the game, and Olivia has a pretty turnaround and hit every part of the rim, but just didn't go down. Um, but for people that that love the points and getting up down the court, do you love offense? I I get it. It was not pretty at all. But I ain't going to be disrespectful and, and mention anybody with Pruitt. That, that, that was atrocious. That's fair. That that's Pruitt fair. offense was atrocious. Taking a play sheet, calling plays, calling the wrong plays, resulting in pick sixes. Offense has not been, you know, fun to watch with Tennessee basketball, but man, defensively, they're fun to watch and the intensity is there. The effort is there. They just gotta. They just gotta make shots, man. Well, we've been saying that for two years, with pretty much the the same guys. Ain't the same guys. So, I mean, Santi and Josiah and and 
Santi hasn't hasn't necessarily been the issue in, in the shooting regard, but uh, Josiah, Folky, Olivier, Victor Bailey Jr. And, and now you've got some newcomers who have come along, and they're not making shots either. So, I, so what is it then? Rick Rick forgot how to teach dudes how to shoot. No, got to be something. Well, I I I I think it's something uh, to to do with the recruiting profile. Well, yeah, quite I, we, quite we frankly, agree, we agree, yeah, we agree there. I mean, this I, offense is not fun to watch. I'm 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 not going to compare it to to prove it. It's I, not fun to watch. I I hate watching this offense. I do. I I do not enjoy it at all. I. I do not look forward to it whatsoever. There, there are so, so, so many issues. Roster construction is a big issue of how Tennessee got to this point. Then on top of that, you can't make shots. You don't have a post player you can go to. <laughs> it's, it's clear that we're at the end of January. There's a, a month left of the regular season. And it has been clear for weeks that you cannot count on anybody in the post on this team, yet there are still lineups routinely on the floor consisting of two post players at a time. You got to match size sometimes. I, I understand that. But to me, in my opinion, it is a, a bigger flaw for Tennessee to have two post players on the floor than to, to have a small lineup on the floor. I would rather be small against a bigger team than to have two post players on the floor. Well, if, if, if it is, if you lose a lot defensively by having a smaller lineup, then I would say no. But if you can maintain defensively, and I think this all depends on who you play. It's all about matchups. It's all it's all about who you play. The opposing team got two, you know, dudes like Arizona, you know, in the post. Are you are you able to put Josiah on on one of the one of the six foot eleven dudes who's a banger? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I think it all depends on who who you're playing. I think our small ball lineup is our best lineup. When you have Chandler and you have uh, Zakai and you have Viscovi in there with with with. Josiah, we saw this team battle back and get to the game with that with that lineup, uh, except for Kennedy. I mean, Kennedy didn't, didn't play the, at the at the end, but like our small lineup is our better lineup offensively, but is it defensively? That's the that's the question, and and so you don't want to give up too much defensively when you're trying to add some 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 pieces and construct a lineup that is better for you offensively. So I think it just varies on the team that you play. And the personnel that you go up against each yes. and every each and every game, and foul trouble will also dictate what you can do. Obviously, so I I realize that it, it's it's not as cut and dry as me saying that. I rec- recognize that because of personnel mm-hmm. on other teams and, and foul trouble, and you know circumstances just simply change. But just on paper, just evaluating this team. That small ball lineup is by far. I mean, it's not even close to being the best lineup that that Rick Barnes can roll out. I mean, it, it's it's not even close. Tennessee was rolling with two post players 
for the majority of the game, and they couldn't score for the majority of the game. And then they finally go away from two post players and to the small ball lineup. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? The offense starts starts making shots. And got and, stops. And yep. got stops. Because yep. I, I, I agree with what you're saying about the defense, but as it applies to Tennessee, I don't think that they lose much, if, if anything, defensively, because it, you're taking out one post player and you're putting in Zakai Ziegler. And Zakai's good on defense. And and Josiah is capable of holding his weight for or holding his weight against most fours. I'm not gonna not gonna say all fours because like your Arizona example is a good example of, of that not probably working in Tennessee's favor. But I if I recall correctly, I mean they went to Josiah at the four and, and Folky at the five because Folky was the best post player that particular game and, and it worked. So I, I don't I don't know that they that they lose a ton of defense, just kind of being cut and dry, because you you add Ziegler and Ziegler is a good defender. I'm glad you said what you just said though about about what they did against Texas because I think it lines up with what I said in the opening segment, which was that surge that we saw from Tennessee in the second half. Maybe it can. Obviously, there was a spark there, but maybe he can carry over into the rest of SEC play. Like when you when you are in a big big time hole, you you know you're in the foxhole, you're gonna fight out with 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 your guys. And this team fought out of that foxhole. They just came up, you know, a point short. But that fight and what they were able to accomplish offensively, and then you had defensive stops against a solid Texas team. Maybe this is something that they can carry over. And to Texas A&M, play LSU, you play Kentucky, when you play in Auburn, when you play in some of these, you know, Arkansas, South Carolina, you play in the rest of these SEC schedule, maybe something that happened in Texas game can be can be carried over. So you might be on something, man. Might be on something. Maybe this is the, you know, that smaller lineup that had Bailey in. Maybe you can continue to, to do it, and maybe Bailey is a guy that you can count on, or maybe that's Kennedy Chandler in that situation. But – you can play small and still play good defense. You did against Texas, so. Um, and most teams are smaller nowadays, anyways. So, you know, five, ten years ago, Tennessee probably can't use this this lineup as much as it is using, or needs to use it. But teams are teams are constructed differently now. The, this new age style of basketball, most coaches want more guards on the floor and typically have a, a smaller four. That, that's why you, you hear them referred to as, as fours more than power forwards. The, the days of power forwards and Rasheed Wallace and Zach Randolph are, are almost over. Even though Rasheed's shoot more threes than guards. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, like, you don't – Now you, those guys play the five and, and you, you roll with a smaller lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're so, seeing it. Yeah, we're seeing it. Can, can Tennessee – can Tennessee do that? Um, they, they need to. That, that is for, for sure because it is by far their, their best offense and, and I think it's still good defensively. And then who you roll with at the five is, is based on the other team's personnel and which post player is, is having the best game. Because I'll be honest, I'm, I'm tired of the post players. Every single one of them. I'm tired of all four of them. Brandon Huntley Hatfield never looks like he wants to be there. 
John Fulkerson just simply is not playing well. He, he's he's had spurts since COVID of, of where he has looked like the guy that we wish would show up 24-7. He, he, he didn't look good against Texas, but the, the three games prior, Vanderbilt, LSU, and Florida, he played well in those games. But, I mean, he, even still, he's, he's not somebody that can carry this team. Urosh Plavšić, I mean, it's – I don't know. Urosh, he's going to have some good games, but for the most part, he just kind of is what he is. And then, I mean, I like what Olivier brings defensively. He's just not efficient offensively, and it, and it makes no sense. It, he, it's like he's, he doesn't have a feel for the game. That, that, that's kind of what my opinion is of Olivier. He is a freak athletically, but it's, it's like he, he doesn't have a feel for the game in the sense of, like, he doesn't know when to put touch on the ball or – not foul at half court, the three-point heave. Well, that was on the offensive player, Swain. I mean, he, that wasn't a foul. He jumped right into it, Olivier. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones. Let's get to our guy, Tremel. Tremel, good morning. What it do, what it do, fellas? What's up, Tremel? How y'all doing? Man, good. How are you? Good, man. This is basketball for you, man. Jeez. We were talking about this before the season started, though, like that they should – with, with what we had and, you know, the guard play that, that uh, small might, ball might be now just us thinking in the future, you know what I'm saying, when we were talking about, well, when y'all were talking about, you know, the different lineups that we could possibly go with, you know. I was more intrigued by the small ball lineup, but now even more, you know what I'm saying, because, I mean, we don't have to play small ball the whole game. I mean, it's, it's a whole game. I mean, you, you can put it in, you can put that, I don't know. I don't know what Rick's doing. It, it's very confusing to me. Uh, I see a lot of people say that he's <clears throat> probably lost the team. No, no, no. He hasn't. He hasn't no, lost he the team. That. Rick, Rick is playing the guys who play the best that day, and because there's no one besides Visco Vescovis that was consistent mm-hmm. leading up until Saturday. Um, there's there's going to be someone new each game, and so that's the that's the problem for Rick is like the the people that you thought you can count on each and every game you can't. So there's someone new right. stepping up, and you just never know who it might be. And um, for Tennessee on Saturday, it was Josiah Jordan James, and it was it was um, Zakai Ziegler. I mean, dude, this team like really confuses me. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 as much talent as we have, and like you said, some guy like Folky seems like he got his powers taken by the little aliens from All Star. <laughs> uh, like, Space Jam <laughs> monsters, the monsters. Yeah, monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just like, dude, what's going on? And uh, is it is it okay? So that's more Rick. That's more Rick's uh, style of play with the big down low. And I noticed that we're playing a new offense. Is he still trying to play his offense in his? You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> is he still trying to play his style of offense in the new offense? Like is that what is that is that what's kind of hindering us? You know what I'm saying? I, like I, you said, I, he's playing the best guys at the best time, but I, I think the issue is there. is that some some misevaluations are, are catching up to him. Mis misevaluations mm-hmm. in recruiting are, are catching up to him. He he's brought these guys in to run his system, and mm-hmm. some of these guys have <clears> have not panned out and. You you when 
the guys you bring in to run your system don't pan out. You can't run your system. So he's having – and I think that's why each game he's he's kind of moved to that smaller lineup because he, he – I mean, it's just the, the system that he wants to run with the personnel he has brought in is not working because of some misevaluation. That's my opinion of it. And, and one more thing, one more thing. So uh, <clears throat> in football, when you lose a – when you lose a coach, you know what I'm saying, it's, it could be super detrimental. But I would think basketball, it would be more detrimental uh, to what your, you know, the chemistry and everything that you're having. And he just lost, what, dude, he's lost what, two, three coaches in the past three years. I mean, I, I'm almost certain a couple of our guys I went and got uh, head coaching gigs places. And you would think the chemistry in basketball would, would, would hurt a little bit more uh, than uh, in the coaching aspect. Then football, maybe. Would y'all agree or disagree? I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's like football. I mean, you can you you can lose a home run type of offense coordinator, um, and take two thousand and eight for example. You know, Tennessee lost David Cutcliffe, but they went out and they hired, you know, Dave Clawson. And Dave Clawson is a good offensive mind. It just was a terrible fit, and the team went from competing and winning in the Outback Bowl. Um, and you know, playing in Atlanta in 07 to to being terrible in 08. So I think losing a coordinator in football could be more detrimental than than an assistant in, in, in basketball. Uh, not downplaying the impact that an assistant coach has, because you look at you know Michael Swartz, and I mean he is he is very very important. And he'll 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 be another guy that he has to replace. It, it's just a matter of time before Schwartz gets a head coaching job. He he turned down multiple coaching jobs this this past coaching cycle. Not like big-time gigs of like going to Marquette or somewhere like that, but some lower-level schools in, in Texas and, and California. And he, It's just a matter of time before he becomes a head coach, and then that pretty much initial staff will, will all have head coaching gigs somewhere else. Yeah, but, but Tennessee – I mean, you don't think that – Go ahead. Go you ahead, don't think that, You don't think that uh... – you don't think it's it's more detrimental? I mean, cause no. I mean, I'm just thinking about the coaching aspect and like when I'm coaching, and then sometimes I can't be two places at the same time. Somebody I trust a little bit more running my system. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's having to be. How's that different? Just, but how's that how's that much different than football? Football. I mean, football. I'm, you having one dude call plays, and if he's a really 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 good at it, well, then we're talking about offensive coordinator though. Like, I'm talking about offensive or defensive coordinator. Yeah, well, I'm not actually talking about a court. I mean, because, I mean, the, the guy coaching under Rick wouldn't be calling the plays, would he? No, because it's, because it's basketball. I mean, they have a they, – right, they, right, right, right. they run sets and they run out-of-bound plays and things like that. But, like, they're not calling plays every, like, play on offense. They get the ball. They're in transition. They have their, 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 their secondary break. And then they get into their offense, right. their motion offense, right. which is something that Rick has – you know, taught for years and years and years, and it's about reading and reacting inside that motion offense. So football is different where, like, you have one person literally calling the play every time you have the ball. Then you have a defensive coordinator calling plays on defense. So I just think – I guess more like I guess more like a linebackers coach. I guess I would look at a assistant as a basketball assistant more as a linebackers coach or a D-line coach or actual position coach and not – uh, you know, I guess not comparing him to a defensive, offensive coordinator in in the 
I guess the, uh, the thing that I'm trying to compare anyway. So, like a non, uh, so you thinking, so you talking non coordinator assistants? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like losing uh, the thing. The thing I still I'm say football. Like him losing, him losing, him losing his his guys, his main guys. Like you know, what I'm saying it. I don't know. I just think it would be a little bit more detrimental losing a, a basketball assistant to somebody that you could trust. Like, okay, I'm going down here on the other end to actually teach you. I need you down here running this, but. What if he's not running it like how he wants it? The new guy, he has to come down there and show him and take away from. I don't know. That's not it, that's I'm not a problem in Tennessee. Rick, okay. Rick ain't gonna bring nobody in that doesn't you know share the same philosophy. Okay. I mean, right. Well, and football coaches have to deal with that too, right? Yeah, but fo- I think yeah. football is more detrimental because like, all right, you got twelve to fourteen players on on, on the basketball court, and you're not gonna get away with with one position not being coached up because everyone is playing at once. Like everyone's playing at once. It's a skill sport. In football, we literally had a position at linebacker two years ago that was not coached. Literally. <laughs> like you like you had a position that was not coached at all. It didn't and cost that's, you. That same year you had tight ends teaching the tight end coach what to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh so like God. I just think I just think football Assistance, you know, losing those guys and or not or those guys not performing well is more impactful. You can't use in the street though, because we do we do the unfortunate events like Jim Carrey or something, man. And and to what you're talking about, Tramel, Rick Barnes stands at midcourt during practice. Schwartz will will take typically the guards to to one side. Y'all educate me. And then I ain't know it. I'm y'all educate me. (laughs) Justin Ganey. To will take the post players to the other side, and they they rotate as as well. But you know, one assistant will have the guards and whatnot on one side. The other assistant will have the post players on on the other side, and, and Rick will stand at mid court and and watch right. both and interject when when he feels like he needs to. So he kind of stands okay. at the middle and and sees it all. Whereas in football, Hypo can't do that. There, there, there's too much going on, and, and you right, have to right. rely on your assistants more in football than you do in basketball because there's more people and and more to cover. I I will say this, Jamel, on on your point, maybe an assistant is able to pull in a post player. You know, because... We need need somebody, right? Yeah, because, like, look at at our assistant coaches that have left over the last couple years and and how big of an impact that they play in recruiting, especially Kim English. So, you know, Kim English was was a big reason why we were able to get a, a legitimate shot at uh, Paulo Banchero. Banchero. I would say his name. But that was Kim English, man. Like, we had us in there. Had us in there with the real shot. So, you could say, like, all right, man, the assistance that we have lost, it has hurt our ability to, to recruit post players. I think that's fair. That's a fair assessment to make. And Well, the what? post players... The recruitment of post players has been an issue long before uh, Kim English was was at Tennessee. When but Kim probably could have helped him if he was here for longer than what, no, two years. Well, no doubt about it. But I mean, Kim gave Tennessee a great shot and all, but never brought in one. Yeah. So that that's also something to consider. And and he Paulo Boncaro really did like Tennessee and and loved Kim English because of Kim English. So I'm not trying to discredit that, but like the post post has been an issue since Grant Williams left and and aside from Grant I mean the and 
I mean, if you want to lump Folky in, I mean, Grant and Folky are the only two post players that have worked out Brick's entire tenure. Kyle was pretty good. And, and Kyle. And Kyle, Kyle was good. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, he's a pro but player. Three over seven years when he gets transfers. When when you when you look at DJ Burns. Yep. Um Zach Kent. Yep. You 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 look at Urosh and Olivier. They're they're not working how about, out. How about my man went to went to Nebraska. Derek Walker. Derek Walker. Like in totality, like the 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 recruitment of the recruitment and evaluation. I guess more so the evaluations of post players outside of Grant, Folky, and Kyle have not been good. Fair. And Folky has <laughs> the last two years have have not gone the way that anybody expected. Yeah, fair. Fair. A six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Be right back. Stay with us. Wayne Event Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, BFL 1991, and you're listening to the Swain Event. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any Written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office Furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. 
Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Time for around the SEC. Swain Event Fuel by Dating Barbecue. Hour two is brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Use the promo code Swain Event and Action will double your deposit up to $800. On your first deposit, folks, so first timers, first deposit up to $800, they will double your deposit. That is Action 247. Give them a follow at TN Action 247 on Twitter. Around the SEC, Ben, it's Monday, so I know you got a jam-packed list of um, notes there that you want to share with the good people. Yes, uh, a lot to discuss this morning. We'll we'll start with basketball since we've been talking basketball. Uh, for the second year in a row, the SEC won the Big 12 SEC Challenge 6-4. to four. Arkansas beat West Virginia, Auburn beat Oklahoma, Alabama beat Baylor, Ole Miss beat Kansas State, Florida beat Oklahoma State, and Kentucky beat Kansas. Uh, The losses, TCU lost to LSU, Iowa State lost to Missouri, Texas Tech, or I should say TCU beat LSU, Iowa State beat Missouri, Texas Tech beat Mississippi State, and then Texas beat Tennessee. And although the SEC won the challenge, it wasn't the biggest SEC news of the weekend. The biggest news of the SEC weekend in in regards to basketball took place on Friday night when Auburn announced that it had agreed to a new eight-year contract that runs through 2030 with Bruce Pearl. And people are calling this a lifetime contract because – Bruce, who is about to turn 62 next month, did, did you know this? I did not realize he was that old. Mm-hmm. It makes sense when you think how long he's been coaching. I mean, he's at Tennessee forever, had some years off before he got to Auburn. He's already been at Auburn for seven years. Was, was that, what was it, Wisconsin, Milwaukee? Yeah, it's a, he, was a, he was a coach that got, like, his big break later yeah. on in his career. Oh, he, yeah, wasn't like, he wasn't like a Mike White who took over, um, you know, a lot taken, and boom, he gets Florida. I mean, it, it was a while, and – Bruce Pearl wasn't necessarily respected and liked in coaching circles either from his time uh, as an assistant. Uh, I want to say he was at Illinois mm-hmm. when he um, was a uh, vital part of an investigation where he had basically snitched on somebody else. So, like, he wasn't loved, and it took him a long time to get his big his big gig. And then uh, when he got it, 
he did his thing. So we talked about this last week, though, Ben. Like, I never for one thought he was going to Louisville. I don't care how, you know, prestigious the Louisville basketball program is and, 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 and them being a blue blood. Auburn stood by you mm-hmm. while you were in the crosshairs of the NCAA. You're 45 minutes away from Atlanta. You have the passion of the football fans and support. Money is not going to be a, a problem. Like, you you good. I mean, you can win a championship at Auburn. Why would you go anywhere else? So, not surprised that he signed that extension. No. And they're calling this a, a lifetime deal because, again, he'll be 62 next month, agrees to an eight-year deal, which will take him until he is 70, which is extremely weird to think about Bruce Pearl being 70 years old. But uh, he, he will be 70, and, and who knows what he decides to do when he does turn 70. The contract will pay Bruce 5.4 annually with a $250,000 escalator. So here in a couple of years, he will be paid more than $6 million a year. He's making more than Brian Harson, the football coach, was which is expected. Obviously, Bruce much better than Brian Harson in their fields, but oh, still just funny to think about still surprised. Auburn basketball paying the football coach or paying the basketball coach more than its football coach, just like it's it's weird to think about here. And I believe this makes Bruce the fourth highest paid coach in America, second in the SEC behind Coach Cal. And you you Rick Barnes haters are gonna have to adjust uh your your jab at Rick and, and instead of calling him the fifth highest paid coach, you have to call him the sixth highest paid coach now. Hey, one thing the the, the the haters they do have is is you know the the pay that you're paying Rick Barnes doesn't match up with the results on on the court. Uh, They're not wrong. So I mean, he, what Tennessee is paying for is is what, and I hate that it's Bruce, but it is what Bruce is delivering. Auburn is getting what Tennessee is paying for. Not not saying I'm not at all saying that Rick should be fired or what have you that that Rick isn't winning games because at the at the end of the day Tennessee still has a a good healthy basketball program and, and like we talked about a couple of weeks ago we just continued to, to discuss kind of how Tennessee can get over the hump but um ten, those, those folks are not wrong when when pointing out Rick's salary I mean when you look at the top guys getting paid Calipari. Coach K, Jay Wright, Villanova, Chris Beard, Texas. So, uh, you know, Chris Beard is at four four point eight, right under five. So, Chris Beard took his team to um, the championship game at ten, at Texas Tech. So, Texas is having to pay for that. Jay Wright has won two championships at Villanova. Coach K, I don't need to say much there. And then Coach Kyle at Kentucky, don't need to say much there. So, when you look at those coaches over the last couple of years, they have – achieve more in the postseason than 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 Rick. So it's it's a fair criticism. We look at you know his his money he's being paid on a yearly basis um versus the postseason results. They they don't line up. They just they don't. So those are fair criticisms. The other big basketball news before we move on to some coaching moves in the SEC oh boy. as it relates to the football. Uh Florida big man Jason Jatobo Mm. who was hit in the eye against Tennessee last Wednesday, he is going to miss the remainder of the season due to uh, a finger that hit his left eye 
late in the first half of Wednesday night's game here in Knoxville. So un- unfortunate. I hate that, man. Yeah, I, I do too. And he had been playing well for them. And uh, it, it's a big loss because he stepped into a starting role uh, to replace Colin Castleton, who also did not play on, on Saturday yet again because of that shoulder injury. Weird, man. Florida's player last year, you know, Knox Fulkerson out for the rest of the season. And then, you know, while Florida's playing Tennessee at Tennessee, uh, inadvertent um, finger to the eye shuts down the Florida player's season. So, weird. Hate that for him, though. Yes, for sure. Now, moving to football, because there were some very intriguing coaching moves around SEC football over the weekend. The most significant one, in my opinion, was that Alabama is on the verge of hiring Kentucky's offensive line coach, Eric Wolford, for the same position on the Crimson Tide coaching staff for the 2022 season. Doug Marone had been Alabama's offensive line coach. Um, And Eric Wolford, hired at Kentucky in December 2020, spent one year in Lexington, and uh, he he had a good year in Lexington. Led led that offensive line to be a finalist for the Joe Moore Award, which is given to the nation's top offensive line unit. So he was a good coach and a good recruiter for Kentucky. That is a big blow for Kentucky football, which we do love here on the show. Uh, Kevin Steele, former Tennessee interim head football coach, uh, he is headed to Maryland to be the defensive coordinator. Going to go to Maryland and be the defensive coordinator. thought that was interesting. Uh, and obviously he and Mike Loxley have a, a long-standing relationship. Yeah, that's weird because, you know, Kevin is at the point of his career where he, he can be picky and choosy about where he goes. You know, he set out a year before and, Jumped on with LSU, then jumped on Alabama, and boom, was the defensive coordinator at Auburn. I mean, I think he has put together a resume that he can afford to sit out a year and still go and get some of the best jobs in America where you're going to have a lot of talent, influx of talent from recruiting. Maryland is um, the bottom of the Big Ten. I mean, they've they've got SEC transfers, but – they they still not good, so I'm a little that, surprised that he took that one to be honest. Yeah, I mean if it's the only thing possible, then then that makes a little more sense. Yep. But uh, that that Maryland defense has been what's been holding them back. Talia Tungavailoa is very inconsistent in terms of taking care of the basketball or taking care of the basketball, taking care of the football. But it's that defense that has really gotten them in trouble. Speaking of uh, elder SEC coaches finding new gigs georgia has brought back mike bobo georgia has hired mike bobo a former quarterback and offensive coordinator there for the bulldogs he's going to be an offensive analyst Uh, bobo played quarterback at georgia from 93 to 97 where he was teammates with kirby smart so makes sense for mike bobo who the last couple of offensive coordinator stints at auburn and south carolina haven't necessarily worked out was was not successful as a head coach at, at Colorado State, 28 and 35 in five seasons. Makes sense that he is going back to Georgia. Ole Miss had the, the biggest weekend in the SEC, though. Uh, they first hired a name Tennessee fans will be familiar with, and that is former LSU general manager Austin Thomas. 
This according to Bruce Feldman. Austin Thomas was LSU's general manager during the 2020 season after working with the team from 13 to 17. He also served as the associate athletic director for football personnel at A&M and as associate athletic director for football at, at Baylor. So they made that move. Austin Thomas is, is known to, to be a, an added benefit in terms of recruiting and, and just being a part of, of your football program. But then after that news, on Saturday night, USC transfer quarterback Jackson Dart announced that he is going to transfer to Ole Miss. And that has been trending in that direction uh, for for quite some time. He chose Oklahoma or chose Ole Miss over Oklahoma and BYU. And this is obviously a big addition for Lane Kiffin because Matt Corral is is moving on and Ole Miss needs a quarterback. And they did not just add Jackson Dart, but they added his teammate as well, USC tight end. Michael Trigg also is is transferring to Ole Miss. So Dart didn't play a, a ton at USC. He started three games as a true freshman and played significant portions of, of three other games, finished the season with nine touchdowns, five interceptions, and completed 61% uh, percent of his of his passes. But he was a, a big time quarterback coming out of out of high school and Trigg had seven catches last season for 109 yards and a touchdown. So, big weekend for, for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Yeah, man, Austin, Austin, Austin Thomas um, was the secret sauce for LSU, man, when they brought in all that all that talent. And um, the deal was almost done to come to Tennessee, and um, that, that fell through. When that fell through, he made a couple moves. I think he had went to uh, Texas A&M. Um, he is. He has been at A um, and M, and there's another spot that he Baylor, but yeah, Baylor, A and M, uh, Baylor, LSU. Yeah, and, I believe um, are the three. That's that's a good that's a good haul for for Lane Kiffin. That is good, man. They they got better with adding Austin Thomas. Austin Thomas is a vol at heart. Grew up as a Tennessee fan, and did he go to school here, or was he here at some point? He was here at some point. Yeah, he went to school here and, and was uh, started off his career here at Tennessee. That's so, right. Tennessee, and then was it Butch that tried to bring him home, or was that Pruitt? That's Pruitt. Okay. Yeah, and I then mean, he just kind of decided. Yeah, he wanted to come as the general manager, like that title. That's right. And um, former and Pruitt was like, no. That situation got weird because he was weird. Then he didn't go back to LSU and sat out a year, and and then did. Then was the associate something at Baylor for that 2020 season? Poor miscommunication. That should, that should have told you right then what you need, what you, what you, what you, should, you know, know about Pruitt. I mean, one guy is about to come in and thinking that this is going to be his role, thinking this is going to be his title, and then somewhere along the line, he is misinformed and doesn't come. So, but I, I, I actually talked to Austin during that during that time and understood exactly you know, what was going on. And maybe one day he'll be able to be able to come back. I mean, we got a lot of guys on on our staff and recruiting that uh, started their careers at Tennessee and went on to do some great things other places. Um, play, people that were here during the, the great times that know what it's supposed to look like. So we got a lot of Tennessee blood in, in our recruiting office. There's no doubt about it. Austin Thomas would be, would be great. But, hey, 
It's not time. It's not time yet. And maybe it won't be time. But that's a good get for Ole Miss, for sure. It is for what sure. What else you got? I know, that ain't, that, I know that ain't it, man. Because we got to go down to the Plains. We got to go to the Plains, too, Ben. What What did? What are you referencing? Because the big, the big news on the Plains was Auburn smoking Oklahoma and Bruce Pearl getting his big contract. We talked now, about Derek Mason last week officially leaving for Oklahoma State. Auburn's offensive coordinator, Austin Davis, who um, just got the job a couple days ago, and I'm not talking like two or three days ago, but about a month ago, he has not coached a game. He has not conducted a spring football practice yet. He came from NFL, but it looks like he is mulling over whether or not he's going to stay at Already? All. Yep. Uh, <laughs> is, does he have like an NFL job? Or? According to uh, Christian Clemente of Rivals over there at Auburn, uh, Austin Davis may not be around much longer. The former NFL quarterback coach has expressed desire to resign from the position just over a month after being named the OC. So looks like Brian Harson is going to have to replace an uh, offense coordinator again if, if this follows through with uh, Austin Davis going back to the NFL. Austin Davis went from coaching Russell Wilson and got to college and realized, I've got to deal with the NIL and all this mess. I, I've got to recruit how often. I, I've got three transfer quarterbacks, and, and none of them have really busted a grape. Why did I leave the NFL? That's, that's what Austin Davis did. He, he got to college and, and realized how sweet his life in the NFL was. Uh, looks like Brian McClendon is going back to Georgia to be the receivers coach. And listen, Brian McClendon is one of the best in the business. Am I looking at some of the comments from Georgia fans and other SEC fans? They don't have a damn clue. You know who coached, um, you know who Brian McClendon coached that played in this uh, playoffs, NFL playoffs? Everyone was like, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's freaking Debo Samuels. Brian McClendon coached Debo Samuel at uh, at South Carolina. So, he's not calling plays because McClendon was offense coordinator there at South Carolina. did not work out. But McClendon is a heck of a damn position coach, and he's a heck of a recruiter. And uh, so, Georgia, Georgia got a good one with Brian McClendon. He's one of my favorite assistant coaches in the country. Fortunately, he's a dog. But he's good. He's really good. So, that also happened, too. But old Auburn, man. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. That is not a good look. The basketball program has more stability than the football program. Wild. At Auburn. Just the way things are trending, it, it would be a real surprise to see Harson make it uh, a second year. Or th- in, third. Yeah, make it into his third year. Yeah. At, at the end of his second year, it it seems like he'll either take a job to to bounce before they can fire him, or if they go six and six or five and seven or even maybe even seven and five, I, I bet he'll get the axe. What's worse is what's worse is Bobo was your coordinator for one season. You get rid of him, and then you hire someone, and then he says, "Nah, I'm good," and leaves. Now it's almost February. So, 
it's going to be harder to go out and get someone unless you maybe get someone from the NFL, which that seems to be kind of the the, the theme. You saw LSU do it, go win a championship. You know, Kentucky did it and had some success, even though, you know, saw something that Cohen may may leave and go to Miami. Not sure if, if that was uh, addressed on the Kentucky side, and he actually was um, maybe given more money or whatever and decided to stay, but Going to the NFL and getting a quarterback's coach seems to be the move. But if you are in the NFL and you are a quarterback's coach and you have a success, you could be you could be Sean McVay. You can be Kyle Shanahan. You can be Zach Taylor in like two years. If you just stay in the NFL. We're seeing more new faces get opportunities in the NFL now. So do you really want to come to college? 865-255-03. Our two is in the books. Our three is around the corner. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue.